Welcome to our November 21st worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. Pray and let God worry. As we set our concerns on the altar of Jesus Christ, today I pray that you find a place to set your baggage down so that you can go on a lightened journey to care for others and to find peace within your soul. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you through this service. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. The Spirit of the Lord speaks to us, teaching us lessons that endure. The King of Kings calls to us, beckoning us to follow. The light of light shines on us, illuminating the footsteps of the godly. The Spirit of God speaks to us, leading us into light.
let's join together for children's time. Today in our sermon, I am going to talk about what it means to not worry. I'm going to talk about what it means to become focused on things that we are returning our responses of gratitude instead of worrying if we're doing something good enough or, or great enough that it'll be loved. I want you all to know something. Whatever you intentionally do for God with your wholehearted, pure intentions of doing something for God, God's going to like it. God's going to like it. Sometimes we forget that to look at our blessings in our lives and we forget to remind ourselves that God loves us even within our aches and pains and our bruises and our bumps that we become worried about letting down God and we forget to do things with pure-hearted gratitude to say thank you to God. Now this coming week is Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is a wonderful time that we intentionally say thank you. We say thank you for our food. We say thank you for our friends. We say thank you for our families. We say thank you for our mentors. We say thank you for all the gifts that we've been given. Now, a lot of times when I talk about Easter, I talk about Easter being every day. We celebrate the resurrection every day. At Christmas, I talk about in our active lives as Christians, we celebrate the birth of Jesus every day. So I'm going to steal from both of those with y'all for a second, and I'm going to challenge you to make Thanksgiving every day. I want you to find a way every day to say thank you. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the food on my table, the clothes I wear, and the house that I live in. Because I'll share with you, the more times that we spend sharing gratitude with others and gratitude with God, hopefully it limits the time that we're worrying. And if we go out and we do things with hearts of gratitude and hearts of care, yeah, we'll make mistakes, but we'll be able to work through those mistakes because of our wholehearted intentions of what we did. So I just want you to remember that this this Thursday when you're having your turkey and your stuffing and your mashed potatoes and gravy and your pumpkin pie with a little ice cream on top and macaroni and cheese and green beans, can you tell Pastor Drew is hungry? <laughs> As we get to have all those beautiful things, I want you to think about everything that you give thanks for on Thanksgiving and find a way to give thanks for it every day. Precious God, we thank you for your presence, your spirit, and your love. Precious God, we thank you for the hearts of gratitude that you bless us with. Help us use those hearts of gratitude to move closer to you and to step away from our worries and just to see your blessings. In your son's precious and loving name we pray. Amen.
Let's join together in prayer. Open our ears to hear your call. Open our minds to trust your promises. Open our hearts to rejoice in your covenant and sing your praise. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's join together in our prayer of assurance. Trust these truths. God is faithful. God's promises are sure. God's love is endless in mercy and grace. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? 
See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of your word. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit that moves and provides in all ways. Precious God, when we're out searching, when we're out exploring, when we're trying to find the answers of our being, precious God, remind us that you are the caregiver in that journey. You are the great provider of all things. And as we deal with the worries of our existence, help us to see you as the comforter of eternity. In your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. It's a blessing once again to join with you today and worship today as we look at this scripture from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. And right there, bam, the title of this portion of scripture, Do Not Worry. Do not worry. Let's look at the scripture again. I'll read through it. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. It is not light more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour of your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into a fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
And all of these things shall be given to you as well. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Let's think about that first. Let's talk about what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And what it means to have the ability to have faith in something outside of ourselves as we deal with our living responsibilities. I want to take this conversation a step forward as we remember from last week's sermon. We had this narrative taking place of dealing with temporary things and dealing with eternal things. We had this narrative going on of setting aside the eternal because there are temporary things that can have eternal consequences. I want us to think about that as we as we process what it means to worry. And I... I I'm going to string a narrative on this and I will be walking on a tightrope without a net. I really need for us in this conversation to differentiate what it means to be active, responsible individuals and the difference between being an active, responsible individual and worrying. I think that there's things that we need to provide just attention to. I believe that we are called through our Wesleyan understanding of justifying grace that we are called to do the work, to interact with God, to respond to God through prayer-filled actions, and to go out and to do things and be involved more than just sitting by and sitting in grace and knowing that things are just going to happen. I want to dis—I want to discern those two things today, because. What I feel that this scripture is sharing is that we become invested in things that are of truly the temporary status, truly things that will not matter five years from now, and God bless, they may not even matter five minutes from now. But I feel that we do within our obsessive, compulsive, human nature gets stuck in things that limits us from actually being active in what the Lord wants us to do. So uh, let's take a moment before I can even get into Matthew 6, 25 through 33. I need us to pray over and discern and differentiate what justifying grace means. 
and what it means to take seriously our actions and interacting with the grace of Jesus Christ and not just holding ourselves in place and using worry as anchors that prohibits us from doing great and powerful things in the name of the Lord. Let's deal with that dif self, that differentiation. I, 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 I may have already shared this, but I'm going to share it one more time. I want to give you the definition of... I want to give you the definition of justifying grace. Justifying grace is this imagery, it's the reality that Jesus Christ has already done something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus Christ has already done something for us that we could never complete on our own. Jesus Christ, through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Easter experience, took care of something we cannot take care of on our own. And we live in lives that we are called, we're challenged to actively respond to Jesus Christ's actions and be so actively responsive to it that we inspire others to join in the narrative and participate with this. Justifying grace is Matthew 6.33, and I sure would prefer to sing it than to read it. I sing because I'm happy. Nope, that's the next song. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Seeking God first. When I go out to do something, I ask, how can I glorify the actions of Jesus Christ? When I am so focused on the definition of justifying grace, that I'm not trying to, con to complete or do a task completely on my own, but I am doing a task in response of what Jesus Christ has already done for me. That becomes the differentiation of living towards our gospel call of interacting with Jesus Christ and worrying. The difference between the gospel response of justifying grace and worrying is definitions of two words that I've shared with you some time ago. There are different ideas of what it means to obtain grace in Jesus Christ. There is a works-based theology that I disagree with. There is a works-based theology 
that lays out our interaction with grace. A works-based theology becomes, I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G to be in good standing with God. I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G to uh, receive merit and, and responsibility to be blessed upon my place at the table of grace. I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G for God to love me. Works-based theology is this imagery of, of what that is being spoken against in this scripture. Works-based theology is an image of worry. What do I have to do to be in your kingdom? What do I have to do to be loved by you? And in the book of Romans, it's proclaimed, the Apostle Paul proclaims that if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth towards his righteousness, you will be saved. For it is with our heart we believe into salvation and it's with our mouths we confess on towards righteousness. Jesus Christ has already gotten it done. And if we live our lives based on if I pray enough, if I tell enough people the gospel message, if I read scripture enough, if I go to church enough, if I fill my life enough with things focused on the Holy Spirit, I will attain salvation. That's almost the actions of taking on what Jesus Christ has already done for ourselves. And that is the difference between worry and justifying grace. There's a difference between the scripture of not doing anything or being responsible for the fruits of the Spirit and our actions that we are called to be interactive with Jesus Christ, our response-filled actions that we go through so that we are walking side by side with Jesus Christ. The word and heart of worry is, am I doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G enough? But the actions of justifying grace is, what I am about to do is in response of what Jesus Christ has already done for me. And there's so much freedom that comes from that. So now I'm going to sing the song that I accidentally started a minute ago. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. What you guys don't know is I record these videos very early in the morning and I love... I love my bass voice early in the morning. Let's talk about a difference. 
I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. That's a differentiation between doing the things that we do in response of what Jesus Christ has already done for us and the things that we need to do enough, that we need to participate in enough, the prayers that we need to pray enough. There's enough enough because we can never do enough. We cannot replace with our actions what Jesus Christ has already done. That is the heart of this scripture. It's not a narrative that we should not be in places of participation. This is not a narrative of what it means to do what it takes to walk into the kingdom of God. This is not a narrative that says don't do anything because God has already done it. Not worrying is different from not doing anything. That's the blessing of the narrative of the Wesleyan principle of justifying grace. We get to have freedom because, as the Apostle Paul once shared, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It's only what Jesus Christ has done that we can obtain salvation. So, Instead of worrying about being enough and doing enough, we need to realize what we have already been blessed with by God is all that we need. And Jesus Christ will take over and carry us to where we're headed. It's the difference between not doing anything and being responsive to God. When we do things because we're trying to do it enough, we're not being responsive because Jesus Christ has already done the actions. Jesus Christ has already taken care of the one thing that we cannot take care of on our own. And when we are responsive to already gotten what Jesus Christ has already done, we get to sing because I'm happy. Sing because I'm free. We get to do those things with freedom. When we realize that what grace truly is, is Jesus Christ meeting us where we stop and carrying us to where God wants us to be. We don't have to worry about the A, B, C, D, E, F, G of living. We just need to remember to remain responsive. Remain responsive to what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And when we live lives of justifying grace, sometimes we take chances that we would not have taken in any other situation. Instead of worrying about what could be, what might be, that's when this narrative becomes fruitful and that's when this narrative becomes real. We can go out and fail, but we are still in the graces of Jesus Christ. He will put, pick us up where that we stop and carry us to where God wants us to be. And it comes through 
the willingness that we interpret as justifying grace of being willing to interact with God, walk with Christ, and be taken to where we want to be. And I need to rephrase what I just said, taken where God wants us to be. I want us to think about that because there is freedom in that. There's freedom when we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia. Alleluia. There's freedom when we're focused on God and focused on being responsive to what God has done. There is freedom when we sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. There's freedom in that. And that freedom is when we do our deeds. It's not a work-based theology to attain what God wants to give us. It's a reality of a grace-based theology that says, God's already given me this wonderful gift, and this is how I say thank you. And when we're saying thank you with pure hearts, we're going to mess up, and that's okay. So there's no worry in that. When we respond to God with our whole hearts, we're going to stumble every once in a while. And that's okay. So when we remove the fear of failure, the worries drift away as well. And we actively move forward responding to what Christ has already done. And we can say thank you. Thank you for joining us today in this sermon. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.
Let's join together in our prayer of giving. Rock of Israel, you bless us with the light of morning and the dawning of a new day. You're, you grace us with the freshness of dew on the grass, the glistening promise of a new day. Open our eyes to your splendor and open our hearts to your call that we may give ourselves each and every day. Receive these gifts into your care that the light of your love might shine on those in need. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us for worship. Let's join together in our closing benediction. Our leaders may fail us. Follow Christ, our guide and king. Hope may run short and doubt may arise. Trust Christ, our hope and promise. Life may confuse and confound us. Depend on Christ, our way, our truth, and our life. Thank you once again for joining us today in worship. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. <laughs>